sit properly. Who will marry you if you continue to be lazy like this? Behave like a girl. That's not how girls behave. How can a girl defeat you in class? Your girl is grown up. When are they bringing us cows? Many girls in Uganda hear these and most statements as they grow up. From the harmful gender stereotypes that have already been cast upon us long before we come into existence, to too much housework, to the pressures that arise from our bodies changing at puberty. Our stories are more complex than the statistics reveal. Our memory is more nuanced. And who better to tell them than ourselves? Welcome to episode 40 of Nemshana's podcast. This is Nemshana Prudence. Today, I bring you voices from Ugandan women who share with us their experiences of what it means to grow up in Uganda. My breasts came out at 10. My grandmother, Kenyuanisa, definitely gave me those breasts. My breasts were stigmatized. They told me to put a kibo, a small woven basket that they used to serve millet bread with to prevent them from growing. But the breasts kept coming. So I was advised by the bigger girls in my home and, and women told me that when one of my paternal uncles comes to visit, I should put my chest on the chitewe, the traditional seat that he sat on. I kept that to mind. When my uncle came, I actually put my chest on the seat before anyone else could sit on. All this was sinking in my subconscious. My breasts, my womanhood, my body image was most definitely under attack. So from then onwards, from the time the boobs popped out of my chest, I wore a sweater, hiding them, bending and scrunching myself because of these things that were popping out of my chest. Now, around, no, around 18, I threw away the sweater because I went to this single girl school where we explored our femininity. And having breasts was not a bad thing. It was a thing that we dressed up <laughs> for ourselves. That is when I started discovering my womanhood. So, that means my adulthood has been to untangle those cultural and societal sentiments that attacked my essence of being a girl. Every day until now, I continue to resist and challenge the patriarchal toxicity that follows women all their lives. Was born the only girl and last born in my family. So mother found it 
wise to raise me the same way she was raising her boy. I played soccer and doodle as a little girl and no one found it so important to teach me chores. After all, my brothers were older and would do it all. At the age four, all my brothers were in secondary school and home was not a very safe place. I don't want to say it was never safe, but it wasn't so safe. So mother started taking me to work with her. As a girl, she only said she was teaching me the business dynamics, but I so far realized she was protecting me because very many girls in our neighborhood were raped little and as luckily protected. Then I went to boarding school for high school and girls were expected to behave a certain way. Those girls trolled me for being a tomboy. Then the washing was also a problem, but I later learned to enforce the girly lifestyle. These girls also had normal girly dreams, becoming nurses, some journalists, some teachers, a few lawyers and doctors, and the normal girly dreams. Then those with no clear goals and there was me dreaming to become a telecommunication engineer now that meant being a real boy in fact i didn't realize the dream for it faded and blew in the space i ended up becoming an IT person and poet but adulthood is a hard place without my mother's protection. Molesters and male abusers have so many times attempted to molest me. Some have succeeded, like one that tapped my butt at work. I tried hitting back, but he had already done it. Then the many that equate my body to their sexual desires howling sexualizing and body shaming comments on the streets the only way you can ever fight back is by giving that eye but they don't even care while mother is now busy enjoying retirement i thank her for protecting me for many of my agements became mothers at 15 and were defined and were defiled under the pseudonym Young Bride. They didn't leave their childhood, but were struggling to maintain unhappy marriages. My name is Chigire Rose, um, a Ugandan, a feminist, um, a human rights activist, and co-founder for the Women's Rights Initiative, a non-profit organization that serves to empower women in Uganda. I would like to share my experience as an adolescent about menstruation. Menstruation in my culture, but also in my country generally, is something that we don't publicly speak about. And as such, I didn't get an opportunity to hear or learn about menstruation as a young girl. So one day I was in my 
high school um in senior two and i i wake up um in the morning feeling a little grumpy and um, a little tired and i didn't really take it seriously and um got into class and what really happened is that i was uh, asked to draw the map of uganda it was a, a, a geography class and i was chosen to go on the blackboard and as i went to the blackboard uh, practically half of the class was laughing and jeering and speaking all these sorts of things that were really nasty in my own opinion and i didn't really know what had happened one of the girls stood up and tied a sweater around my my uniform my dress and uh, led me out of the class uh, i didn't even get an opportunity to draw the map and this is how i get shocked about uh, menstruation and the reality that it comes with and it was a very stigmatizing situation for me because almost everyone in my class including the teacher knew about my menstruation but also there was a lot of jeering and laughing which for me was uncalled for because as i think about it now it's something that i feel is normal and children should get a, a, a should get more information about it so that even if a girl gets to menstruate while they are in school it is not something that is shocking to be honest i i felt small my self-esteem was really beaten i spent the rest of the term in a in, in a situation that I didn't really want to because I was in a place that I felt everyone had known about my menstruation and it is not something that people are supposed to know it's taboo and I had a lot of questions so I feel that uh, parents should take on their role talk about this menstruation openly and impo most importantly to allow girls to understand it before they menstruate so that if it comes to them it is not a shock for me it was a shock photographer thank you Poo, for having me here today as we talk about growing up as a Ugandan girl it is really so funny and hectic at some point being a girl in Uganda starting from home community school almost every section of life starting from home you are seen as an opportunity of wealth right from the time you are born <laughs> funny how everyone calls you sugar 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 then to the community for example, where I grew up from, girls were seen as the weakest set of humans, so nothing big really about them, only for men to reach out to you at a very young age. I remember one time, an old man actually, he was the city chairman by then, at, I think I was only at the age of 12 years, yeah. So this guy approaches me for a relationship. <laughs> Just imagine your grandfather approaching you for a relationship, really? I was really terrified that I had reported this to my parents. Good, it didn't go the wrong way. And then back to the school, going to school. Hey, same story. Young boys harassing beauties because you can't afford having relationships with them. I remember one time a Sudanese student nearly beat me up one Sunday evening at school because I spoke out for myself that I was still young and not ready for relationships. I had myself stay indoors the whole evening in the dormitory 
I didn't even attend evening props till Monday because I was so terrified by these guys because they told me they would beat me up and send my body to our home <laughs> and I wasn't really ready to die at a very young age. Even in a day school, I remember we had to go back home, you know, coming back, waking up very early in the mornings at around five, you have to be heading to school. You know, that terror of the night is still very morning. Yeah. You would you would be terrified a lot. But again, to save us all this, we had to walk in groups go to go back home. So this 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 helped us a lot that we had to protect each other as girls who used to move in groups to head back home. So we would protect one another and you know those big big girls, yeah. We were surrounded by some big girls, some were older than us, so yeah. It would give us protection. Talking of work, my God. As a Ugandan girl, I believe in some regions of work. We are still seen as a very weak people and slow mind. So I start working somewhere that required some field work and what. It took me a very long time to head to field. Because why? I was seen as weak, like I couldn't manage. All I could do was sit down in office. Not until one time I spoke out and I was like, you know what? Today I want to go fulfill. Yes, I was taken, but guess what? I wasn't allowed to touch any equipment. <laughs> so as if I had gone to see people work in field. So this this motivated me. This pushed me to move on, to move out. I start my own thing as a young photographer. And yes, here we are. Here we are. My name is Dr. Arenda Vivian. I'm a medical doctor and a feminist. Growing up in Uganda, the girl came with its own difficulties and it was even more difficult growing up as a firstborn girl in a home and have so many expectations and so much responsibility that is placed on you at a very young at a young age uh, you're basically expected to become another parent to your siblings you know you look after the house you look after your siblings you keep up you pick up their slack especially when it comes to chores and it was very draining mentally physically and then just being a girl um you are being told to uh, do things for other people you know they're like oh you have to learn to cook because for your husband or oh, you have to learn to cook because of this you have to learn to do this because of this and uh one of the things i remember so much is um my mom used to tell me you you need to learn to do this because you're the first one girl you're the first one girl you have to know how to do this you know and then in school when it came to school but there's so much sexism in school. I went to a, um, a primary school, a mixed primary school. And one of the things that I remember so much was um, sometimes we used to peel matoke on Saturdays for Sunday. So it would just be us, the girls, peeling while the boys watched and 
judged who was good at peeling and whatnot. And I always thought, why aren't the boys peeling as well? Because they need to learn how to peel. Uh, cooking is a basic uh, skill that everyone needs to learn. And then uh, there was this whole um, stereotype that boys were smarter than girls. You know, uh, so I used to talk my class almost every time. And then one of the teachers one day made a comment and said to the boys who were already in higher numbers than us in class, said, why do I allow this girl to beat you? You know, it's like we can't, we couldn't be smarter than boys or even as equally as much as them. And then even more recently, our in university, when one of my teachers, uh, one of my lecturers, who is also an OBGY specialist, said one well, of the stupidest creatures he has ever met. I was in shock. I couldn't imagine someone would say such a comment in this day and age. And he also is an OBGY specialist. Oh, you work on women. Why would you uh, say such a comment? And and you know, just being a young girl, the moment you hit puberty and you uh, start your uh, breast start developing, and you start getting some curls, and you, you all of a sudden uh, sexualized, um, start getting cut cold, you start getting weird stares. Even when you're a child, you're twelve or thirteen or fourteen, a teenager, you know. And one of the things I remember was uh, I would we would meet some of my mom's friends, and they would say, "Oh, your girl has grown. It will look We're about to get cows." Oh, and I used to get so angry and so embarrassed. And now I I I think about it and it's like I'm a child. Um, I was still a child. Why are you expecting me to? get married or to be someone's wife to exchange me for cows uh, so there are so many things so many things i'm sure people other people have even worse experiences and i feel like as a society we need to do better as a country uh we need to do better and as a new generation we need to unlearn some of these things that we have been taught Silence has betrayed me, and so I write to betray it. I write when my desire for expression burns out. Connect this heart to paper and let the pen move the emotions. I write. I write to blow off those disgusting moments broken down by the country I once knew my own, but spared not my life as it slaughtered me, her, them, and burnt us all to ashes. I write cause it's my only tool to measure the understanding of men. Those we call fathers but force our mothers to about us. Those we call fathers but abandon us at months. Those we call fathers neglect our education. 
Those we call fathers pass us on streets daily. Those we call lovers yet breaking our hearts with floods and lusts. Those ripped rapists but are our uncles still have chosen to write reminding my girls never to trust men reminding my girls never to trust men Growing up as a girl child in Uganda is quite the experience. There's so much to eat. There's, you know, there's just, it's like mixed emotions because, you know, there's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly. And also, when you're a girl child, you grow up from a very young age, you know that you're a girl child because they're going to remind you at every chance. They're going to tell you, sit well, don't sit like that, don't talk like that, kneel down, and all those things. So, you sort of don't grow up as a child in a sense because you're constantly expected to sort of prepare yourself for this woman that you're going to become because they'll tell you if you're a girl and you're dressed like that which man will marry you but this is a 10 year old why are you telling a 10 year old about marriage you know so there's just that constant indoctrination those conversations that they have with you that they're not going to have with the boys and for me, it was a problem because as a very rebellious child, as a support that would ask a lot of questions, as the kind of child that would just do the other things simply because you told me not to do it. So, of course, I got caned a lot because who do you think you are? And also, you're expected to shrink a lot. Like, don't be too ambitious, you know. And I recall having a conversation with an aunt of mine when I was you know really young and telling her all these things I wanted to do when I grew up and she was telling me you don't have to do that much you're a woman you know you're going to marry a man who is going to you know be rich or you know be able to do all these things as a woman you just have to you know do the basics you get so of course a lot has changed today but I feel like um the pressure of growing up as a girl child later on in future you're going to have to do a lot of unlearning because you have consumed just so much as a child and now you have to just unlearn and release all this trauma and for me i thank god because i went to an old girls school for like six years of my high school and there is where the unlearning started because then you get to experience life differently as a girl like you are presented with all these possibilities of you can do this you know you're a girl but you can also do this you know you go for plays and you're acting as a guy and you're doing all these things and you're like wait i can actually do all these things that i've been told all my life that are exclusively for men you know and i feel like um the possibilities literally and that's the importance of representation you know when people see themselves in a different light you know it just sort of opens you up to all that you can do and that's something as a girl child growing up is some is a privilege that you know i experienced that i hope other people get to experience and generally for me i feel like um your entire existence you know is like an at least for me is an act of resistance like you just have to resist so much because i recall growing up and you know i'm dark-skinned and you know 
first of all, in primary school, kids had a lot to say, you're dark-skinned and all this name-calling. And for me, that's when I was like, I'm not going to, already as rebellious, I was like, I'm not going to bleach my skin. I'm not going to, you know, do these things to my hair because I actually love my skin, I actually love my hair. I'm not going to do it simply because it's an expectation of me that I should move towards the Eurocentric standard of beauty, you know. So literally living a life of resistance and choosing to do stuff in spite of the indoctrination, in spite of, you know, all these things that are happening and also of course thank, thanks to women that have gone before us that you know showed us that these things are possible you know because you wake up and then you see someone has done it there's a woman that's an aeronautic engineer there's a doctor and you're like okay i can actually inspire aspire to this i don't have to confine myself to the narrow confines that i'm raised in as a girl child thank you dear listener for listening to nyamshana's podcast I would like to take off this time uh, to thank my producer, Ben Kekuyo, and the graphics designer, my dear friend, Nino Jack Jr. Thank you for your support. It has been invaluable. And to you, dear listener, thank you for listening to Nyamshana's podcast. Until next time, bye-bye.